This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win from Morris Home. What is going on, y'all? This is Steven from Headlock Talk. we got some exciting news for you. Our longtime sponsor, Naturally Hemp's, has now given us a Headlock Talk promo code. Woo. Go to naturallyhemp's.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. And, by the way, it does not expire. Yes, this is true, Steven. I use Naturally Hemp's gummies for sleep aid, for muscle pain, and for post-workout recovery. And might I also mention, the lotions are great on your skin and they smell fantastic. Oh yeah, it's all really good stuff, but we also have some more for you. NaturallyPureSanitizer.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Also, if you are a vapor and you are in need of e-liquid, AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Yes, they have a fine variety of uh, candy flavors, tobacco flavors, menthol flavors, and fruit flavors. So I'm a very big fan of that, too. Oh, yeah. All really good stuff. And again, code HLT10 at checkout at all of these websites gets you 10% off your order. Now on with the show. On this week's episode of Headlock Talk, Steven and I break down a little bit of G1 Woo! Night 1. Wow. Yeah, that was excitable. No, it's fine. It's exciting times. It G1. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus all the American stuff, because, I mean, you know, whatever. I don't care. All right, look, it's not like I don't care about the American stuff. No, of course. I mean, the American stuff is fine. But G1. But G1. Yeah, right? Of so exciting. Mm. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I am, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and right across me here, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. What's going on, guys? It's your favorite uh, Mike Spiker here. <laughs> Uh, Steven's like, woo! Yeah, I don't know if that woo like just destroyed the mic or not. <laughs> I guess it, we'll find out. It's a good way to test them out because we've got these new mic covers. We did. They're, they, you know, mm, Steven rubbing on it. 
Oh, not not it. The microphone cover. The mic. Yes, mm, indeed. Let's let's be clear. <laughs> let's be clear what it is. <laughs> indeed. Um, listen to everybody. The, the, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's true. A lot of stuff going on in the wrestling world. Uh, a lot of it, I have a hard time paying attention to sometimes. But I do my absolute best here. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing that I'm very excited about. It's New Japan's G1 tournament. For good reason, man. For good reason. Absolutely for good reason. It's, mm. it's, it's the time of year that makes me happiest as mm. a wrestling fan. Uh, just because New Japan just, I don't know, it, it, it scratches that itch that I just normally can't get around to over the course yeah. of a year. Yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, I always say with New Japan, they're, they're at a, the, the bar is, is uh, certainly higher for them. You know, yes. E- even though, like, you know, obviously, I don't speak Japanese. I don't really know what what's uh, going on <laughs> storyline wise. But the wrestling is great. The wrestling is great. Mm-hmm. I always have a good time uh, watching the wrestles. The, the wrestles. The, yes. the, the, the graps. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the chops, the chops, mm-hmm. you know, good times, great memories. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, uh, New Japan Night One uh, for G One Climax Thirty, mm. very historic, thirty years of G One. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, was gonna, was uh, headlined by Okada versus Ibushi, and we will talk a lot about that for mm. sure. Um, so uh, if you're not a usual New Japan watcher. You can skip this if you want to, but I highly encourage that you you listen to it anyway, uh, simply because there's a lot of juicy stuff that goes on here, and I'm going to be definitely giving you some recommendations as to stuff to watch. Mm. Um, basically, the the opening contest here was uh, your traditional Young Lions match. Uh, obviously, New Japan uh, did put out a report saying that they are foregoing um, doing the like uh, you know how like you'll have one night one will be a block singles matches and then b block would be um like tag matches related to the right. b block their big six man tag yeah six man eight mans mm-hmm. 10 mans straight up tag matches all that stuff um they're foregoing that they wanted to separate the rosters for you know the rona Right, right purposes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I actually really like the change personally. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I think it makes more sense uh, for me, just because. I mean, really, what you're there for is, is those five block matches. I mean, that that's yeah. really what you're there for. And, and yeah. you know, New Japan's matches, whether they're singles or tag team, are both great always. But I'm there for the block matches. Yeah, you know. So I, I think cutting down the card a little bit and, and letting those matches shine, I think, makes a lot of sense. Uh, whether they go back to it uh, next G one, we'll we'll see. Once you know the Rona's kind of uh, calmed down a little bit, but I personally really like the change. Yeah, I think it was a good change, a little bit of difference there. I mm-hmm. liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, we did have the opening contest between uh, Young Lions Yuya Uemura and Yoda Suji. Mm. Um, match went just short of seven minutes. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice little match. Nice little Young Lions match. Absolutely. Uh, Yoya Uemura, Yuya Uemura um, is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very sure I've said that on here before, but I, I really like what I see out of him. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he put on a very good... Um, 
submission move to close the match here. It was yep. it was um, very reminiscent of the old lion tamer that you would see that Chris Jericho would use back in the day, where he uh, he does more of a uh, he he puts his knee uh, near the shoulder blades or or right. the, the almost the back like the the high back the trap the trapezius area uh, right underneath the Fancy. neck. I know. <laughs> right. And, and did did uh what was uh what was the other guy's name? Uh, Yoda Suji. Yoda Suji. Uh, did he even tap, or did yes. the ref just call it? He he, he was tapping. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, d- I didn't notice that he that he tapped. I thought the ref was just like, "Oh my god, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> the match is over." Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a really good match, honestly. Uh, Mora, I mean, I had never seen him before, but really impressive. Really impressive for a young lion. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, usually with the young lion matches, kind of, I kind of check out. Normally, just because mm. it's like, oh, cool, you know, they're filling space. These guys are fine. It's 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 not bad necessarily, but it's not what I'm here for. Um, but this one, man, Uimura is going to do some good things. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that he's he's definitely a bright spot for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like, um, oh goodness, I'm going to forget his name. And I'm going to feel terrible for it. What is his name? Shota. Shota Umino. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all shooter. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, he's he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. But they're both going to be great, and it's going to be a, a wonderful future that New Japan has ahead of them. Between them and then the uh, the young lions that they have over in the uh, in the U.S. Right, so right. Good times, great memories. Um, let me see here. Uh, we're going to move along to the next match, and I'm going to speak very openly and honestly with you here, dear listener. Um, I have no interest speaking on Will Ospreay's personal life, what he does outside the ring. I have no interest on speaking on that at all. Um, It seems though people are pretty much well aware of everything that's going on in his life. He's deleted his Twitter. Um, So, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean... I actually didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I feel no more need to continue to talk about i guess his what what goes on in his life outside of the ring mm-hmm. so with this we're gonna strictly speak about the matches yeah uh, uh so as far as will osprey concerned is concerned he he did return to new japan uh he looked very happy to be there the new japan crowd seemed pretty receptive for him to be there um and that's all well and good yeah. um that's that's perfectly fine um you know i'm sure it was a very emotional moment for him there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, the match, uh, of course, was uh, it was fine. Uh, it's obviously built to, um, you know, I guess give Osprey a platform uh, to right. make a grand return. Mm-hmm. It, it was really a, an Osprey showcase match, really. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed very much that way. Uh, you kind of saw that a lot with the Jay White match as well, where it right. was very much a trademark Jay White match. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was nothing out of this world here between Osprey and uh, and uh, Yujiro Takahashi. It, it seemed more like, again, like like you said here, like almost like an exhibition for Will Osprey to showcase himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, you really didn't get anything new out of Will here in in this display. Um, he does look bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, he does look like he's put on some body fat, though. At the same time, 
Um, all it's those expected. All those pictures that you saw previously uh, certainly <laughs> seem to be filtered, yeah, uh, <laughs> or were taken on a good day. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, but Will um, uh, he did get the win here using the uh, uh, the Stormbreaker mm-hmm. uh, a- as per. Um, so yeah, there you go. That, that's the match. Yeah, uh, I mean, stri- uh, speaking strictly on the facts again, if you you want to go back and rewatch it, you'll see again he was receptive to the crowd. The crowd was receptive to him. Mm-hmm. I got nothing else to say about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, I did enjoy the match. Uh, you know, for what it's worth, I, I mean, it's not uh, like you were saying. It's it's mostly like an exhibition match. Uh, so I, I wouldn't put it in in the the same realm as like a Ibushi Okada, just because that's like a, a, a uh, I don't know. I don't want to say real match necessarily, but like it, it is. It, it's more real than this one, just because it, it's this match is for Osprey. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean, he looked he looked like Osprey out there. Uh, I know some people were were maybe expecting you know him to do you know some more heavyweight stuff, and and he definitely w- was doing a little bit of that. But he's you know he's kind of always done a little bit of that. Um, but but the high flying is still there. You know, we we saw all of his uh, all of his usual finishers and and uh, you know signature moves and and he can still pull them off. So yeah, well, there you go. Uh, we'll move right along here. Will Osprey did cut a promo afterwards, uh, saying that uh, he's glad to be home. It was kind of like it was a little bit cringy. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um. But um. Uh. Actually, that's probably an understatement. It probably was very cringy for a lot of folks out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it almost came across as heelish. Uh, super overly confident. Uh, not very humble at all, it mm-hmm. seems. Um, well, that that's but, what was what was strange for me is because the, the promo definitely came off very heelish. But he was also saying things like, uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys and like all these different things like you're, that. You're so hitting like, those P's real hard. Am I? I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Go um, ahead. <laughs> yeah. So he was also like saying like, Hey, I really appreciate y'all. And like all yeah. this like really face stuff. So it's like, I don't really know what you were going for with that promo, but whatever. <laughs> it's fine. So, sorry for interrupting you there, Steven. No, it's okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's see. Moving right along to another a block match. Tai, uh, Tai uh, uh, put on a uh, a decent affair here with uh, Jeff Cobb. Um, he he really look Tai Chi really is just like the human embodiment of like spoiled potato salad. Um, I thought just, you were gonna be political here, and then you just went in, you just went in all the way in. I I, I I'm I I have no feeling for uh, holding back on Tai Chi. Um. Yeah, no. Um, this was a fine match. It it was um, it was actually probably for for Taichi. I would I would actually consider this a fairly good match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that Jeff Cobb really shows why he belongs doing this G one here. Um, you, you could see a little bit of his his beard. He's a little bit little bit gray. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, got a little bit of that 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 uh, salt and pepper look. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, I thought this was a, a a very good match, and Taichi did play up uh, to um, Jeff Cobb's size, uh, huge size advantage. There was definitely times where I thought that um, Jeff Cobb was going to come away with the victory here, um, just because I wanted to make him look good. Um, but I think what you and I came to the conclusion of was that uh, uh, Taichi gets the win here because 
he's more he's around more frequently and Jeff Cobb is not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh I think that's exactly right, honestly. I mean, who knows? Once uh you know Jeff Cobb signs to New Japan, if and when, uh, you know, may, maybe this time next year we'll be getting another Jeff Cobb Taichi and this time Jeff Cobb wins. Who knows? Um, mm. but no, I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good match. Definitely one of the better matches that I've seen from Taichi. Um, I, I don't like hate Taichi, uh, like, like my buddy Tanner here, but you should, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just like, I don't know. I could take or leave him personally. Uh, I don't think he's very exciting in the ring, uh, just in my opinion, but when put with the right person in the right match setting, like Jeff Cobb, he can pull out a great match like like he did here. So I thought it was a good match. Uh, would have preferred Jeff Cobb to win just because I'm super high on Jeff Cobb all the time. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with, I mean, Tai Chi's, he's there and Jeff Cobb's not. So, of course, he's going to get the win. I mean, it makes sense, you know. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, let's see here. We had a little bit of an intermission here. Um, believe it or not, uh, the match following intermission, uh, for them to clean off the ring, uh, was Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii, and if I told you, Steven, that the, uh, Tai Chi Jeff Cobb match was only 10 seconds shorter than the Suzuki Ishii match, what would be your first reaction? Certainly doesn't feel that way. (laughs) Certainly doesn't feel that way. Uh, Suzuki, uh, Minoru Suzuki. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And Tomohiro Ishii, uh, they had a phenomenal opening match here mm-hmm. uh, from intermission, and for for I guess to kick off their part of uh, of G One Climax Thirty in the A Block, uh, huge strikes, mm-hmm. brutal brutal match. Um, I mean, I I I don't know what else to say more than uh, these two guys went out there. And just beat the tar out of each other mm-hmm. for 13 minutes, and it was glorious. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, I kind of got from this match exactly what I was expecting, but like in a good way. You know, uh, Minoru Suzuki, Tomohiro Ishii. I mean, both of these guys are some of the the stiffest, you know, hardest hitting guys. Uh, you know, not even just in New Japan, but in in the world, really. So you get the two of them together, and you know, it's going to be really brutal and, and almost hard to watch at, at certain points. And there was, there was one part where uh, I, I don't want to give too much away because it's a really, really good match that you should watch. But mm. uh, there was a part where Ishii just looked dead. Like, like he was, <laughs> he was gone. There was, there was nobody home. All the lights were out and, and Suzuki's just, he just kept going. He just kept going. And I, I felt for Ishii so hard in that moment. Um, but no, man, it, it was a really, Really good match. Exactly what I wanted. Exactly what I was expecting. These guys are great. Yeah, I mean, these are two uh, huge names for New Japan, and mm. I'm glad that they they opened up the G1 uh, in this form of fashion. Um, I guess like like both men's selling is are is just on point here in this match. Oh yeah, they're both selling huge for each other. Um, with with on separate occasions, you believing that uh, you know Ishii. You know, is is just in a bad way, um, as, as Stephen put it. Um, I, again, I I won't spoil too much of it because you definitely should, uh, mm-hmm. dear listener, check out this match. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> this match was nuts. Yeah, <laughs> this match was nuts. Um, 
We also had a returning Jay White here uh, on this uh, this card here as uh, he uh, returned to face Shingo Takagi in a match that went almost 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a um, uh, your bread and butter Jay White match, I feel. 100%. He did a lot of the tucking and dodging. He absorbed a lot of punishment. Did uh, was working counters expertly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Shingo made him look pretty good here. Yeah, a- absolutely. I-, I mean, you can't, I don't know, you can't ask for a better return uh, for- from Jay White here, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, six months, we've all been waiting for it, and he comes back like he never left, you know, and, and the fans are-, are cheering for him like he never left and, and everything like that. Uh, I mean, Jay White, he- he's-, he's really great, and-, and you wouldn't, I don't know, with, with the Osprey match, we- you could kind of see, like, a little bit of rust maybe with Osprey. Uh but with Jay White, I didn't see any of that. He he was spot on in in the whole match. Like I said, it looked like he never left, you know. Um I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that's the interesting thing here is that whereas Osprey um and I'll, and I'll just briefly mention this. Osprey looked more rusty than mm-hmm. Jay White did. I think yeah. Jay, Jay's wrestled more recently. Uh, than, than Osprey has to my knowledge, uh, but Jay looked very very smooth. Mm-hmm. He looked he looked like he didn't miss a beat, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I think that he uh, this is actually a very surprisingly good match because mm-hmm. um, I'm usually not a fan of the ducking and dodging of uh, 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 with that that Jay White puts on and like the you know the um, I don't know, like like the time wasting that he mm-hmm. can occasionally do, and some of the things that Bullet Club incorporates into the match. Right, and um, th- this match was almost like a celebration of that stuff. So close to it, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, but Jay White did uh, absorb a lot of punishment here uh, by Shinko Takagi, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, this is, this is actually a, a really good match worth checking out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then the main event here was Kota Ibushi. Uh, defeating Kazuchika Okada in just shy of 22 minutes. Uh, it, it had me nervous here because last time out, Kota Ibushi uh, faced uh, um, excuse me, Kazuchika Okada. Uh, was not a good memory for me, Stephen. Right, right. I'm a big Kota Ibushi fan. Uh, I really felt for him and and his loss uh, to both Okada and Jay White in back to back nights. Uh, this was not the case here tonight, Stephen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It seemed as though uh, Kotobushi uh, pulled a little bit of magic here mm-hmm. uh, to to put away Okada in the G1 uh, and open up his his points account here. Right, right. No, it, it was a it was a really good match. I, I think I always say this with Ibushi Okada matches, where it's just like, what do you want me to say? Like, like it was <laughs> it was very very good. It was yeah. a very good match, and, and the cherry on top. You get the feel good moment with with Ibushi getting the victory, and yeah, I, I mean, it, it was just a really really good match. A great main event for for night one uh, of uh, of A Block. Mm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. it this was very much. Um... Wrestle Kingdom light. Mm. I don't think that it was nearly uh, to that level that that they had um, at Wrestle Kingdom this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean where they killed each other? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that this was still a very, very good match, and and rightfully so. I think I think Ibushi should win this match. Um, I I personally, just based off of night one, I I still feel like they might go with uh, Ibushi winning again. 
mm. uh, and facing Naito uh, at next year's Wrestle Kingdom. I That'd do, be sweet. I do have a strong feeling about that, uh, but I could very well be wrong. Very rarely do they pull the trigger on that. Right, right. S- Steven, what do you think? I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? With, with G1, thankfully, we're, we're at a point where once we get through this, we're, we're going to be able to see kind of the landscape and, and what they're what they're trying to paint there. Uh, I could certainly see him facing Naito, for sure. That That's certainly true. But I don't really know. I don't really know. I, I think with, with this G1 in particular, uh, they, they have a lot of dark horses that, that could come away with the victory. Uh, I'm still semi-pushing for Jay White. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Hey, Jay White's not a bad shout either. You know, you do need a good, uh, perhaps you you do need a heel to face off with Naito mm-hmm. uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. That could be a, a big possibility. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, so after we've after we watch the this whole uh, G1 Climax 30 A Block Night one, mm-hmm. what's your match of the night? I mean, I got to go with uh, with Okada and Ibushi. I mean, that's that's that to me is a, a no brainer. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's the first one that comes to my mind. Um, but I will say, um, you know, obviously matches that I would recommend are obviously Okada and Ibushi, mm-hmm. uh, but also Suzuki and, uh, and and Ishii. I would definitely say if you ha- if you ca- if you only have got time to watch two, watch those two. Yeah, I think uh, I think for me it's uh, Suzuki Ishii. Wow, for for match of the night, I, I really enjoyed it, man. All right, well, fantastic. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I felt as though uh, you know night one kicked off with a bang. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And, and you know, like I was saying at the top of the show, um, I, I really, I really like that they that they took the tag matches out. Um, I feel like it makes makes the whole event feel more important, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like, okay, this is a tournament. Here's your tournament matches, as opposed to. All right, here's some filler matches, and here we are. Here's the tournament matches. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. No, so. I, I, I definitely get where you're coming from there, and uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, like like when B Block starts, I think that it's got a, a lot of uh, a lot of hype to live up to. It's true, and uh, I, I think that they'll do it expertly, though. Mm-hmm. I, I feel I have a really good feeling about that. I mean, look, it's, it's New Japan. Like, why would they not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you uh, know, of course, of course. Um. Let's move on to WWE Raw. Uh, Let's do it because well, don't sound so excited, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I have such a hard time trying to keep track of what happens on Raw on on just a regular occasion, just because it's like what, like what, what are you, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um. So uh, Keith Lee keeps wearing ridiculous clothes, um, and I don't know why they keep making him do this, um. <laughs> They they set up a match between Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee that ended in a no contest, where where the stipulation was that Keith Lee would possibly uh, fill in uh, for Randy Orton if Randy Orton's not able to make the make it to the ambulance match at Clash of Champions, which happens next weekend. Mm, mm. Believe it or not, folks. <laughs> um, so again, the Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee match ended in no in a no contest um, because Retribution. Uh, came out to the ring and attacked them, and then the Hurt Business kind of turned face, almost, but not really, um, by coming to the aid of them, or rather, they just wanted to beat up Retribution, I guess. I mean, they're they're in the business of pain. They're they're yeah. They're, Retribution's they're, an easy target. They're in the the biz, the, the Hurt Business, <laughs> right? That's true. Um, <laughs> so Hurt Business came out, and there's a huge 
brawl. So the match ended in no contest. Um, uh, so for what from what I'm aware of, uh, I guess Keith Lee's not facing Drew McIntyre because according to Wikipedia, it still seems as though Randy Orton is scheduled for the ambulance match. Mm. Um, I mean, who knows? We still yeah. got a Raw in between mm-hmm. now and then. It, it could change. Who knows? Of course. Um, Seth Rollins did, in fact, beat Dominic Mysterio in a steel cage match. Uh, Asuka uh, retained her title over Mickey James. Mm. Um, let me see here. The Street Profits did defeat Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. And uh, uh, Kevin Owens... Uh, defeated Alistair Black, mm. uh, which is interesting because Alistair's kind of gone through like a heel turn uh, in, in a way uh, where he's having just like these random like flashbacks or like, uh, you know, weird kind of like he just turns heel and, and just demonic out of nowhere. Hey, at uh, least he's not in a closet anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cedric Alexander is uh, uh, basically with uh, has aligned with the Hurt Business. I think we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Ricochet and Apollo Cruz have now kind of aligned with each other here. Um, so, so that is still very much a, a thing going on. Um, I, I do like, I guess, the idea that they split them a little bit, but I'm also really sad because I think that was a tag team that could have had a lot of promise. Um, what, what do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, I certainly see your point for sure. Um, I think Hurt Business uh, as a whole is an overall good. I will say that, but but yeah, I, I mean, who knows what what could have been? You you know, man, I'm spiking the hell out of this mic. I'm sorry, um, but but no, I mean, Hurt Business. I I just want to see where it goes from here. Basically, you know, hmm. it, it's building up really well, hmm. but we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, uh, I know we don't have those screens anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just pretend like they're there, man. Just, just pretend like they're there. There, there you go. It's, there you go. It's good yeah. distance. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, we talked about the Mickey James match, uh, with, uh, with Asuka. It, it did seem to have a bit of an odd finish to it. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so it, it seems as if, um, Asuka applied the Asuka lock and James... Uh, kind of w- went over on Asuka to, in what appeared to be a pin, and then the ref called for the bell as if Mickey James submitted it uh, in, the, in the match. Oh. And she looked really quite surprised. So hmm. um, not quite sure what the deal is with that finish, but it was awfully strange. Yeah, that sounds really strange. I wonder what they're... I, I mean, I wonder if that actually was, you know, some kind of mistake or, or if, you know, that's what was planned. If if that's mm-hmm. what was planned, what what do they have in store? Because that's kind of strange, you know. Yeah, v- very strange. Um, let me see here. Uh, the the Owens match with Alistair Black was also a little bit odd because the pin came uh, in reference to uh, some flickering lights uh, that distracted Alistair Black when he was setting up the Black Mass. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's more. I guess it it, it it seems more or less retribution. I was going to say. Kind of stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, this seems like a very retribution heavy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he- heavy show. Um, not going to lie. Not my cup of tea. Uh, I mean, if you just tell me what the F is going on, then, <laughs> then, then maybe I can jump on board. But Right, right, right. Um, no, it's just... Um, 
it's just it's just a little bit strange for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then of course we talked about the main event here. There there's still there's some tension. There's a little bit of tension between uh, Keith Lee and uh, Andrew McIntyre. They're supposed to be friends, but now, but now you know, Keith Lee's kind of uh, tired of uh, Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. You know, always uh, running in on his matches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah, um, and then yeah, poor Keith Lee. He can't catch a break because Retribution comes out and interferes in the match now, of course, and the Hurt Business. Yeah, uh, poor I'm, so, I'm so confused about Keith Lee. Yeah. It's like, what are y'all doing? What, what, just what are you doing? Look, I he's, mean, he's a monster. Yeah, he he's he's a he's so talented. Yes, and and again, I, I hate to to sound like a broken record here, but the the problem is is that I knew from the start that Keith Lee was not going to be um the 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 promise for Keith Lee may not have been lived up to based on what we know about what the promise was for Ricochet. Mm. Was it the skirt? Is that what killed it for you? The skirt, (laughs) the very, very small shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's just, there's a lot of stuff that they did. Like, like then they put them in that, like that, that sleeveless one um, where it's like, not, not the, not the one that he was wearing on Monday, which looked like he was like wearing a singlet that was like three tight, three sizes too small. Right. Um, But like the one where it was like, uh, uh, it almost looked like like he he stole it from Johnny Gargano's entrance gear right. and just like you know <laughs> blew it up. Um, I don't know, man. It, it, I'm not just complaining about the, the the entrance gear though. I mean, it's just the way that he's been used, and it's just mm-hmm. not. Uh, well, I mean, it almost seems like WWE is as confused as we are. You know, that like <laughs> clearly, like they don't. They obviously don't know what what to do or what what they're doing with him. So, I, I mean. I think there's only one reaction you can have, which is confusion, because they're confused. <laughs> I'll say this: I, I, I can appreciate them putting him in and around the main event scene for sure, hundred percent. I think that's definitely commendable because I think that's where he belongs. Mm. But you gotta let Keith Lee be Keith Lee. Like they changed his music, they changed his gear, they've changed everything about him. They changed mm-hmm. the way he wrestles, like. You know, and, and it was like they flipped a, a switch, right? It's like one, like forty-eight hours before he made his debut on Raw, he was wrestling in a very specific way mm-hmm. on NXT, very free. And then, as right as he gets to Raw, it's like, oh, this is a completely different wrestler. Yeah, I'm a big man. Yeah, woohoo! Yeah, no, it's almost like they just wanted him for like his look, and, and not necessarily like for Keith Lee, the wrestler. They they were just like, oh. You look like a monster. You look like a main eventer. Let's let's bring you in and see what we can do with you. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, you're Keith Lee. You're already clearly a main eventer. I don't know. They're just trying to shoehorn him into you know something that's not really him. Something that he's not. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Well, uh, we'll move right along here to Wednesday mm. uh, for WWE. Um, NXT had a a sneeze. God bless your whole soul, sir. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> NXT it's had like threw your back out. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, NXT had uh, uh, actually some some pretty good matches here. 
I'm a little bit sad, a little bit uh, disheartened that uh, they decide to continue to do Wednesday nights. I really think that they, the the Tuesday night thing fit them a lot easier. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Io Shirai did put on a very very good match with Shotzi Blackheart, which I mean, no duh, they would. Right, of they're, course, they're they're, they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them are very very good. Uh, Io Shirai is one of the best in business. Um, you know, in general, not 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 just a women's wrestler, but in, in general, it's true. Um, and then Shotzi Blackheart has a lot of promise ahead of her. So yeah, obviously these two are going to have a good match. Yeah, that's not surprising in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see here. Uh, what else happened? Um, yeah, um, Tommaso Ciampa defeated Desmond Troy. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, he. He he was very brutal <laughs> in uh, in this victory here. He's been using this this catapult move where he will catapult them underneath uh, the bottom rope or underneath the ring. Classic. Uh, and then uh, he'll do like the the widow's bell. Um, yeah, uh, classic bad guy Champa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Atlas. Cut a promo challenging Champa to a match next week, and uh, yeah, uh, oh boy, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be spicy. That's gonna be real spicy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm down for that. Um, Kushida defeated Austin Theory uh, with a hoverboard lock. Uh, Kushida uh, has been uh, putting on more aggressive, having more aggressive vibe, aggressive tone in the ring. Uh, more of a go getter, <laughs> you know. I'm like know. morphed into Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, but yeah, uh, Kushida, uh, he, he put on a good look for himself. I, mm. I'm still waiting for for Kushida to face Johnny Gargano. I think that would be freaking excellent. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll have to wait and see about that one, mm. it, it seems. I don't think that's coming anytime soon, but uh, boy howdy, would I like to have it. Um, <laughs> it seems, though, because uh, is going to be entering a, a, a new phase of matches, maybe with... Uh, uh, it, it seems like there's going to be some continuity there with uh, Austin Theory and Velveteen Dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it seems like he's he's sticking up for all of us. It, you know, because of the allegations. Of course. Mm. <laughs> oh goodness! Had to do some quick editing there. Um, <laughs> this one will stay between you and me, Stephen. Um, let me fourth see. wall. Goodbye. <laughs> Later. Um, Drake Maverick continues to have a strange relationship with Killian Dane. Not in that way, you freaks. Uh, they they are they are tag teaming together, mm. but but Killian Dane doesn't seem to want to, you know have any part of drake maverick uh you know <laughs> steven's eyebrows <laughs> no part huh? no no part none of the parts um yeah no um it's it, very strange uh i don't know what's going on here with drake maverick and killing dane it, it's will they won't they tag team kind of moment um but they did defeat undisputed era in the form of roger strong and bobby fish so <laughs> what yeah <laughs> okay Man, Drake Maverick moving back down to NXT was was so mm-hmm. weird to me originally. I I think what they're trying to do is get Dane to like toughen up uh, Drake Maverick. Yeah, I I don't I, I mean, like in story or like in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little column A, a little bit of column B. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Oh man, 
goodness. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, Jake Atlas was leaving the building. Uh, he, he was told that uh, uh, he was asked about challenging Ciampa and then being told it was a bold move. Um, Atlas began to explain why it was a bold move um, uh, when he was attacked by Ciampa. Shocker. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, Kyle O'Reilly actually broke up the fight and confronted Tommaso Ciampa. Hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Go Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before the main event, there there was an announcement by William Regal uh, in which he announced a, uh, a match um, called the Gauntlet Eliminator Match. Uh, which is basically going to determine the number one contender for the NXT Championship. Um, it's basically going to be two wrestlers enter, and every four minutes a new wrestler enters the match, um, and eliminations take place via pinfall or submission. So it's like a Royal Rumble, but with pinfalls and submissions, it seems. Right on. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many people are in it? Um, let me see here. See, so it starts with two, and then every four minutes another one comes in. Yeah, let me see here. So, I mean, it can't really be more than like NXT six more or eight more, maybe. Let me check and see. Okay, so Kyle O'Reilly is announced for it. Nice. Um, Cameron Grimes is announced for it. Nice. And Kushida is announced for it. Hey. So All right, Kushida, shaping up good. Yeah, that uh, that he's got a new attitude. <laughs> um, that's paying off for Kushida, it seems. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens here. It, it doesn't it doesn't say how many people are going to be in it. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, with with a four minute interval, you can't really do more than like six or eight people. That'd be a really long match. It seems though they're going to announce it like a couple every day. But uh, oh, I, I think this will be Kyle O'Reilly's first match back here. Nice. Um, so that's that's pretty interesting. Um, or his first full-fledged, I guess, in-ring action for, for quite some time. He's a diabetic, so he has not been on screen frequently uh, I see. because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that'll be something. I didn't know that about Kyle. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's, he's a very, he's a very hardcore kind of dude. He's a tough guy. Yeah. yeah. He's a very tough guy. My, uh, um, my, my dad has diabetes. So that's, mm. uh, man, being able to, being able to wrestle like that and be in that shape with diabetes. I mean, good, good on you, dude. Yes. Yes. Indeed, sir. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with this NXT title in there. I think that Kyle O'Reilly, uh, you know, maybe maybe has a little bit of a, a little bit of a breakout in him, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I mean we can hope. <laughs> we can hope, indeed. Um, and then we had uh, Damian Priest uh, facing off with Timothy Thatcher in a a, a, a pretty decent match actually uh, for the North American title. Uh, Damian Priest did beat Timothy Thatcher um, in a pretty clean fashion here. Um, so, uh, Mr. Thatcher, he's, uh, he's not been done many favors here, it seems. No, no, but I mean, it's, it's, I feel like Timothy Thatcher is one of those people where it's like a loss isn't that bad for him, at least in my opinion, just because like he's, he's so, so good and he's proven himself like to me personally, time and time again, that like, I don't. I don't really think a loss is that detrimental to him personally. I, I could definitely see your point of view on that for sure. Absolutely. I mean, he's one of those people that that can go out and and lose and, and just put people over if they really wanted him to do that, just because he's so good. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I could definitely, I can definitely agree with that. Um, we'll, we'll take a slight detour away from WWE stuff real quick. We'll talk about AEW. Let's do it. Um, FTR did defeat the Jurassic Express. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good opener from what it seems. Um, yeah, I mean, FTR, I would not expect for them to lose, <laughs> especially oh. to the Jurassic Express. Yeah. Um, this this match did have a stipulation on it where if uh, Jurassic Express won, then they would have gotten a title shot. Yes. Um, obviously, they didn't win, so they're not going to be getting that title shot. But it, it was a pretty good match. It, it was a pretty good match. I mean, mm-hmm. FTR, they're one of the best uh, tag teams out there right now. And, you know, Jurassic Express, I wouldn't necessarily call them one of the best tag teams out there. But I will say they're one of the most entertaining tag teams. I will say that. Uh, so it made for a good match. Yeah, I agree. Um, and one thing that's a recurring theme here with all these jungle, um, uh, Jurassic, jungle, jungle Express, Jurassic Express matches. Jurassic Boy. Uh, Jurassic Boy. <laughs> um, it, jungle Boy always seems to like like he's got that never never die kind mm. of complex to him to where he's like he's always on it right and like. Um, it seems as though he's he's the hardest person to put away mm-hmm. uh, in all of AEW. It seems. Yeah, I, he's very very good at selling too. Uh, I, I think uh, pl- which plays a lot into that. I think where you know he could he can just look like he's down and out, like he's he's tapped out five minutes ago, and then all of a sudden Hurricane run off the top rope out of nowhere, like all these crazy things. So he's one of those people that can go from like zero to a hundred very very quickly hmm. and, and back down if he needs to. Uh, he. I don't know. He just uh, he really understands like the art of wrestling. Uh, I think oh. if that makes if that makes sense, uh, he he just knows how to get his point across really really well. I think mm-hmm. that Jungle Boy is full of a lot of promise. It's true. So it's true. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, he's able to live up to all this expectation. Yeah. Um, I think he's already doing a very very good job in doing and uh, providing these moments. Uh, on on AEW on a weekly basis, it seems. I agree. Um, let me see here. In the in the back, there was a storyline put together where Matt Hardy appeared to be uh, um, uh, laid out in the back, uh, clutching his knee. Um, there was an implication that it was done by Chris Jericho as uh, Jericho and Hager entered uh the the, the scene right. um, with uh, Jericho obviously carrying Floyd the baseball bat. Uh, of course. Yeah, you know, so, you know, I guess, uh, the, you know, the announcers did their best to play off. Well, maybe it wasn't Jericho, but it, it does seem to be heavily implied that right. it was. Uh, Kenny Omega did come out for commentary during the next match, which was Hangman Page versus uh, Frankie Kazarian, which was actually, uh, again, pretty decent match. Yeah, it was a very, very good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, saw a, a lot of the best of, of you know, why we like uh, Frankie Gazarian and, and uh, Hangman Adam Page, a- and the guest commentary from Kenny Omega. I loved it. I-, I loved it. Yes, he seemed to have danced around, uh, you know, like, oh, well, you and Page, you know, you guys are a good tag team, you know, and I think you, you had you had talked, I think you had dropped actually a few specific lines about, like, him, like, oh, yeah, uh, well, what's what's going to happen with you and, and Hangman? You guys are number one contenders, right? Yeah, and he, he just w- would say something like, uh oh yeah well you know that's not really what I'm looking for right now uh the the singles division is really my future here and uh we're gonna leave it at that uh, he was just very very political about it and mm. and uh yeah it was just really really great obviously the match was really great but that was just like the cherry on top mm-hmm, 
Um, yeah, a, a very, very good match, again, by by Paige and Kazarian. I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head here, Steven. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend checking this out. I think, really, honestly speaking, this mm. was top to bottom a very, very good episode of, of AEW. This is true. Uh, surprisingly. The, the, in terms of match quality, it was good. I would say even even a little bit of, uh, even as far as story development, story development, rather, um, is good. And I know I give AEW a lot of crap about that from from time to time actually fairly frequently mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah i felt as though that this was one of the better episodes that uh that dynamite uh, of dynamite that rather uh aw has put together recently yeah yeah I, I think so too i think they're really like uh kind of i don't know they're they're getting into their rhythm r- really well right now where you know for for a long time everyone w- was complaining that they weren't telling any story and it, and it was all just matches all the time which is good you know that that's mm. pretty much the opposite of what we get with WWE products and so i'm assuming that's what they were going for is like oh we're just going to do matches all the time and, and no one's going to talk ever and then there was a little bit where like there was promos all the time all the time but now we're finally getting into this into this point where they're finding a good balance between the two um so yeah i would say so yeah your uh, favorite mike spiker back at it again <laughs> lots of peas and lots of t's lots of peas yeah let me yeah. fix this for you mic check yeah, hello. It's, it's good. <laughs> sorry. No, you're sorry, listeners. Yeah, you're still you're, getting used to it. You're fine. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get you there, Stephen. Yeah. I I've had a little bit more time to work with it, so mm. I th- I think that uh, I think we'll we'll be okay. Yeah. Um. Let me see here. Uh, MJF did uh win in a squash match with Sean Dean, and afterwards, uh, MJF cutting a promo implying that you need to be part of a faction, it seems, in order to get your way around an AEW. Um, yeah, and no, I mean, I don't see MJF being, being just a, a, a I don't know, a complicit member in, right. in, in, in a faction. MJF stands out as so much of an ego that like his ego is his faction (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean he hired a bodyguard that that in storyline is not even signed to AEW. you know so yeah uh, i I mean yeah i I think i thought that part was a little weird myself just because you know he was like it's maybe it's time for this lone wolf to find a wolf pack i'm like what that like that doesn't make any sense you're you're mjf you're you tell everyone that you're better than them, and they know it. So, Mm-mm. so yeah. To your point, why would you be a, a complacent member? I don't know. That that part was a little weird. Uh, I'm curious to see where it goes. I mean, MJF is is absolutely great, and uh, you know whatever storyline they're putting in him, uh, putting him in is probably very good. But it's a little weird just right off the bat, you know. Alrighty then. So yeah, I mean, I think that uh, yeah, MJF. I don't know if I'm a big fan of the idea of him doing a, um, whatchamacallit, factions. Right. Factioning, you know. Mm-hmm. Factions. Factions. <laughs> um, we did get a little bit of promo here from Eddie Kingston, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to get that house in order as Kingston implied that he wants to make sure that Blade gets his house in order. Mm. Uh, obviously referencing the bunny. Um, which, you know, that's, I don't know, less, less said the better. I think, I don't, I don't know. I, I, the, 
some of the fourth wall stuff kind of weirds me out. Uh, but yeah, it's whatever. That's I mean, that's what they choose to do. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I guess for them. Yeah, I don't like it, but that's fine. <laughs> um, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager did defeat the private party. The, the private party? They, they defeated the private party. Uh, no, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager defeated private party. Um, kind kind of just um, more of the same that we've seen from Chris Jager and, and Chris Chris Hager. Chris Jericho. Jake Jericho. <laughs> Jake Jericho. <laughs> Chris Hager and Jake Jericho. Um, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place, folks. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Um, You're doing great, Tim. I, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, kind of by the numbers here. Uh, nothing too outside the norm for these guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a pretty standard match, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, let me see here. Thunder Rosa versus Ivelisse um, for the NWA Women's Championship matches. It's nice to see that NWA is still uh, having Thunder Rosa out on loan. 100%. Get some eyes on her because mm-hmm. uh, she's super talented. The match was somewhat cringe on Ivelisse's part. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Uh, there was some unprofessional moments in the match that I was not a fan of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really really know where that came from, to be honest. Um, so, some people are saying, oh, maybe it's the camera work. Some people are saying, oh, uh, mm. Ivelisse is uh, you know, acting unprofessionally. I don't really know what's going on. Uh, I will say... Uh, to your point, though, there were a couple kind of cringy moments in the match where it's like, "What? What's uh, what's going on there?" Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, you're just gonna move on. All right, whatever. Um, all in all, I mean, it was a decent match. It, it wasn't it wasn't a bad match necessarily, but those those couple spots kind of like soured it for me. Mm. I would agree. Yeah. Um, it, it it was nice to see that uh, Hikaru Shida jumped the rail to make the save mm. when Diamante hit the ring to attack Thunder Rosa afterwards. So a nice deal of respect there between the two. Absolutely. Especially because she was staring daggers at Thunder Rosa before the mm. match started. Mm. Uh, Miro, being the best man, Miro. Per- performed the best bench press and then promised uh, his best friend, Chris Sabian, or Nick Sabian, or... Kip, Kip, Kip Sabian, <laughs> Nick Sabian, <laughs> Nick Sabian. Well, Nick, there's Nick Sabian, the the football coach. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Nick Sabian. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and then promised him uh, the best bachelor party. Of Miro course. promised Kip Sabian the best bachelor party because Miro is the best man. The best man. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it was fun. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm finally kind of piecing together what they're going for with Miro and he's he's basically like Logan Paul like like he's basically just like like a douche streamer uh, <laughs> at least that that seems what they're that seems like what they're kind of going for he he did a drop uh he did like a, a reference to Call of Duty in, in the promo and, and was talking about you know how he you know the game he won the other day so yeah I, I think they're gonna kind of go for this like streamer kind of vibe to it which mm. is uh could be good, could be good, could be bad. Uh, I'll see where it goes. <laughs> uh, there, there did seem to be uh, a little bit uh, of uh, tension between uh, Brian Cage and Lance Archer mm. in reference to uh, uh, John Moxley, um, with Cage wanting to get the first title shot at Archer when Archer 
wins Moxley's title. Um, I think this is a, a clear little indication here that we are going to most likely get some kind of triple threat with the, these three gentlemen in the future. Yeah. Um, definitely see that being entirely possible. Um, uh, John Moxley has been a great champion. Mm-hmm. I've liked what he's done. Um, do you feel like it's gotten a little bit stale, though, Stephen? Um, Be perfectly honest. You don't have to agree with me. No, for sure. Um, a, a little bit. A little bit, for sure. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't... I wouldn't be opposed to you know him holding on to the title a little bit longer. I, I wouldn't even necessarily be opposed to him winning the triple threat uh, between the three if that does end up happening. Um, I, I really... I really want to see the title on Kenny and Mm. I don't know how they're going to build towards that. Um, Obviously, you know, Kenny has a thing going on with Hangman, and and that storyline will kind of have to go through its paces before they're able to do anything with Moxley. But um, yeah, it's gotten a little stale. Um, I don't necessarily know uh, who he could drop it to. I mean, if he if he drops it to to Lance Archer, I think that'd be fine. Uh, Lance Archer is a is a really talented guy, and the way he the way he is in the ring and the demeanor that he has uh, is definitely championship worthy. I will say. Um, I don't see them making Lance Archer's reign anywhere near the length of Moxley's, uh, just because of the the name value, really. Um, but I, I mean. Who knows? I, like I said, I really want to see it on Kenny. If it has to, if if it has to go on Archer to to get there, that's fine too. But uh, sorry, I'm going on a long tangent. To, no, ans- to answer your question, yes, Moxley's uh, champ- championship reign is getting a little stale. Uh, it's not to the point where I'm like, oh my god, okay, just drop the title. It's not there yet. Yeah, but I'm closer to there than I've ever been. I see. Yeah. No, I mean that makes sense. Um, well, I just figured I'd ask just to kind of get a pulse check on where we see uh, Moxley currently. For sure. I, um, I mean, I love Moxley. I love Moxley. He's still one of my favorite wrestlers, but it just you just need to freshen it up, freshen Dynamite up a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me see here. It's been announced that on next week's uh, AEW Dynamite, we will have Lance Archer, Brian Cage, and uh, uh, Starks. Uh, taking on Moxley, Hobbs, and Darby Allen. Uh, Brody Lee will be defending his cha- his uh, TNT title against uh, Orange Cassidy. Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa versus Diamante and Ivelisse. And then also a, uh, a little word from Chris Jericho. Um, and then the main event was a uh, parking lot brawl uh, between the best friends and Santana and Ortiz. Uh, which is looks like it's been a long time coming here. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a, a great match mm-hmm. um a little bit of controversy going around on the twitter sphere because dave Meltzer rated this five stars yes uh, i feel like that is pretty generous this was a very very good match mm. um but it's also very generous of a rating i think yeah i mean i, c- I could certainly see that uh i, I will say for the tr- sake of transparency i regret i was only able to to catch the the beginning of the match so so i didn't see all of it um i, I will say from what i saw it was very good uh, it, it certainly could be on its way to a five-star match. I, I just don't want to, you know, necessarily go one way or the other without seeing the entire thing. Mm. Um, I, I will say most of the time Dave Meltzer is rather fair, except for the occasions where, uh, like you said, he, he can be uh, very generous at, at times. Um, I don't expect this match to be anything less than four stars. Five-star match, maybe. Who, who knows? Uh, I'm going to go back and watch it, though, uh, because I, I've heard nothing but great things about it. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. Uh, as far as SmackDown is concerned, um, we did get uh, Roman Reigns and uh, Jay Uso taking on Sheamus and, and uh, King Corbin in a Samoan street fight. Uh, Reigns and Uso did defeat Sheamus and Corbin um, um, on the week prior. Um, so, yeah, I guess it built uh, this once again. Um, Sweet. <laughs> um, let me see here. Um, so, uh, there was a bit of a promo by John Morrison and The Miz, uh, who kicked off SmackDown. Um, they were going to address, uh, you know, I, I guess some of the feuds that had been going on and is very meta, it seemed. Mm. Um, and, uh, they, they didn't talked about, I guess, uh, Mandy and Otis. Um, uh, who, you know, they've, they've been, you know, kind of together. They're in love. They're in love. Mm-hmm. Mandy has gone to Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, Otis, uh, I guess Miz says that Otis can now focus finally on, uh, m- the money in the bank. I see. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Miz promised that Otis would never get over it because according to all his friends on Raw, uh, Rose is already over it. Mm-hmm. I guess that mm, tension there. Yeah. He did point out that Dolph Ziggler is also on Raw, and Morris noted that they dated previously, and even Netflix and chilled. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, Otis obviously uh, did not uh, take too kindly to this, and uh, he basically came out and uh, you know uh, beat up on him. Mm-hmm. Did a little the little the, the beady uppies. Oh yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, There's your synopsis of that whole segment. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, moving right along after all this ridiculousness. <laughs> I, I don't even... Yeah. Um, Cesaro did have a match with Grand Metalik. Very, very good. Grand Metalik is great. Cesaro is great. Mm-hmm. They both have great matches. Um, so, yeah. Good stuff here. I would say if you're going to go and check it out, on the Hulus, you can go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is basically, I don't know, SmackDown has not been my cup of tea recently, but, uh, I mean, it, it, it's nice to have Hulu as an alternative so I can actually go and watch a condensed version of it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That That's honestly how uh, I watch Raw and SmackDown nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm there for the matches, really. Mm-hmm. So and and they usually will will cut out a lot of the filler and show you a lot of the matches. So, mm-hmm. 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 Um, let me see here. Um, Alexa Bliss did a moment of bliss with Nikki Cross. Um, but yeah, uh, there seemed to be a little bit of awkwardness here because uh, it seems though there's been just awkwardness in their relationship in general. Uh, uh, Cross did note that uh, she had. Uh, her eyes on being uh, uh, in, not NXT champion, <laughs> SmackDown Women's Champion sooner rather than later, um, and she made a promise that she would be uh, champion soon. Um, this does this is obviously a little bit tense here because uh, Alexa Bliss is currently the number one contender to the SmackDown uh, Women's Championship, mm-hmm. uh, so that's something. Uh, um, let me see here. Uh, Lacey Evans then came out and uh, claimed that um, 
Uh, because Bliss walked out from the four-way last week, it threw her off her game. Uh, I guess excusing the loss, perhaps. Right. Any way possible. Uh, Nikki Cross did defeat Lacey Evans in the following match. It was fairly good. Um, um, and, uh, yeah, it does, again, uh, create a little bit of tension here with Alexa Bliss also doing, like, her sister Abigail kind of thing. Um, and, uh, I don't know, it's just strange story stuff going on there with, with Lacey Evans, not Lacey Evans, but um, Alexa Bliss. Um, I, I do like the slight character change in that she's still kind of doing this, uh, you know, um, Sister Abigail kind of thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Uh, I wonder if maybe maybe the tension between Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and then, uh, you know, the, the kind of thing that Alexa Bliss is doing with the Sister Abigail stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll... Uh, Maybe we'll finally see the breakup of those two. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, Sasha Banks did cut an interview, uh, I guess, sharing her side of the story from when Bailey attacked her. Um, Banks called uh, Bailey an idiot and said that she's nothing without her. Uh, she knows. She said she knows that Bailey's watching the interview, and Banks promised to take away Bailey SmackDown Women's Championship because that's the only thing that she cares about. Um, so yeah, um, it seems as though the SmackDown Women's Championship very hot commodity nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Sami Zayn and AJ Styles had a had a pretty good match. Uh, for all things considered, for it being a SmackDown match. Um, and uh, this is basically now incorporated Jeff Hardy um, into the storyline feud here, obviously because he's the Intercontinental Champion. Sami uh, Zayn claims that he's the uncrowned Intercontinental Champion. And AJ Styles has a problem with Jeff Hardy. Uh, so um, it, it has been announced that there will be a match at Clash of Champions with the three of them. Yes, a little, 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 little triangle there. It's it's like a like a hate triangle, a hate triangle instead of a love triangle. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, that should make for actually a pretty interesting match. It was that's probably going to be the marquee match of this Clash of Champions card uh, that we'll talk about here briefly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the main event is concerned, uh, Roman Reigns and Jay Uso did defeat Sheamus and uh, King Corbin. Uh, it was actually uh, again decent enough match. Um, nothing mind blowing it seems, but but it was uh, pretty hard hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, all things considered, uh, match ended with uh, Uso hitting the splash on Corbin for the win. Uh, Uso was very happy, celebrating the ring, uh, and uh, Roman Reigns smiled and hugged Jay Uso. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, they celebrated the win. Uh, Reigns then the, the smile faded from his face after yeah yeah his demeanor. Uh, his entire demeanor changed quickly changed Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he became furious yes Um, so yes a little bit of foreshadowing a little bit of foreshadowing Mm -hmm. Uh, because he's the champion you know he's the big dog he's the the heel dog (laughs) you know the uh, big dog Uh, so let's talk about this uh, Clash of Champions card here, because to be quite honest with you, um, SmackDown and Raw don't do much for me nowadays. Um, I really just have been watching, or really just watch the Mm -hmm. pay-per-views, and I catch up with Raw and SmackDown through other various means as I can throughout the week. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, from everything that I can tell here, 
Um, this is shaping up to be a somewhat interesting card. You still have Randy Orton challenging Drew McIntyre for the am- in an ambulance match for the WWE Championship, as well as Roman Reigns facing Jey Uso uh, for the Universal Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, this will also uh, feature Nikki Cross uh, taking on Bailey. Um, so not Alexa Bliss, my mistake. Uh, Nikki Cross was the one who um, who won the four way match previously. Mm. Um, so she's number one contender. And I guess that's why she got the promo. I guess that makes more sense. I, I suppose o- so. Honestly, I didn't watch all of SmackDown. I'll I'll be perfectly transparent with you here. Yeah. <laughs> Moving right along, then mm-hmm. uh, we've got uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler uh, taking on the Riot Squad. Uh, Riot Squad. Mm-hmm. Riot Squad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. So it's good to see Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan uh, getting a match on pay per view finally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura will t- be taking on uh, Lucha House Party. House Party. House Party. Uh, which would be Kalisto, Grand Metalik, and or Lince Dorado in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Or who knows? I mean, who knows? That should be a really good match, though, honestly. I, I really enjoy Lucha House Party, and mm-hmm. uh, obviously we've talked at nauseum about Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, so that, that should actually be a really, really good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn in a triple threat ladder match for the WWE Intercontinental Titles. And then uh, the Street Profits will face any combination of Rollins and Murphy, Andrade and Angel Garza, or Umberto Carrillo and Dominic Mysterio. Um, Mm -hmm. So there will be a triple threat tag team match on Raw, and uh, winners will face the Street Profits. So there you go. Yeah, that should be good. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> Not worried at all about that pay per view. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of pulling for Rollins Murphy. I know that sounds weird, but uh, Murphy, man, he's so good. He is good. Yeah, he's very good. Um, let's move along. Buddy Murphy, that is goodness, Stephen. Did I spike it? Yeah, absolutely. It's okay, Buddy Murphy. There you go. Much better. I did a little bit of fixing of Steven's mic here. Appreciate y'all's patience. Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy. Yeah, exactly. Here, I'll give you a little little bit little bit more there, Steven. Okay. Okay. There you go. All right. So sorry for the sorry for the technical no, stuff, no, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, you're fine. These are new windscreens. It's guys. true. It's true. So it's it's making it easier for Steven and I to see each other talk. Yes, that's true. But it's also see the windscreens provided a barrier. Between the mic and, and myself. And, and and Steven's explosive rage. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So I, I, I'm like instinctively like right on top of the mic. Yeah. But I need to be over here. Okay, anyways, moving we'll, on. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out soon enough. Maybe You can maybe even get a little bit closer to you if you wanted to. There you go. Yeah. Hello. Some, something like that. Okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. All right. We, we will we will <laughs> practice as we go. Um, anyway, let's... Anyways, let's go and fire up the grills mm. for some hot takes.
Alrighty. Yes, indeedy, guys. It is time for yet more of your hot takes, uh, where you send us your hottest takes, most unpopular opinions, and most burning questions, and we answer you here on air and give you a shout out. Yes, indeed. Hmm. About wow. Uh, About wow. <laughs> Uh yes, indeedy. Uh let's see here. Hot takes here begins uh from uh our friend Poxic Justin. Oh, uh, Justin Poxic here on on Twitter. Um let me see here at Poxic Justin. Uh Justin says, what are the top five worst non WWE pay-per-views and the top five best non WWE pay-per-views, Steven? Ooh. Uh that is a tricky, tricky one. Yeah. Um a top five is hard to put together. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we, we did the uh, series of unfortunate events last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that list speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could you could put several latter days WCW pay per views in there. Uh, you could put um, you could put this year's Money in the Bank in there. Money in the Bank is pretty atrocious. But but we're talking about non WWE pay per views. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, uh, let's see here. Obviously, at the top of the list for me, the worst show that I have ever seen is Heroes of Wrestling. Like, bar none. Yeah. Is, is, is the worst show I've ever seen. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. <laughs> I can't think of a, a single show that, that got it even close to as wrong as Heroes of Wrestling did. So, yes. I'm going to have to agree with that for sure. Special shout uh, out to Halloween Havoc. Uh, best non-WWE pay-per-views? Um... I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there you could a lot. you could go back to like the uh, the old Ring of Honor days. Uh, some of the matches that they had with like uh, uh, Brian Danielson and uh, Roderick Strong. Some of those pay per views were really good. Some of the shows that they did, uh, Punk versus Joe, that that series of matches were great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna throw out the the first All Out, um, or, or actually. I'm gonna throw out the first double or nothing. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll even go as uh, far as saying the the all in show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, before there was even an AEW, there was all in, and uh, that show was pretty good too. This is true. Um, also, pretty much any New Japan Wrestle Kingdom show from the la- from the last seven years mm-hmm. is really really special. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would throw that out there as well. Yeah, you can pick out uh, certain if you want to consider the um the different blocks uh, of G1 as separate shows there's certainly um y- you know several blocks from from last year that could be put up in there so yeah yeah good good stuff overall i think uh so justin i know that that wasn't a clear top 5 list for <laughs> either um yeah it's just there's so many shows that have been awful and so many shows that have been good mm-hmm. uh non WWE so um it's, it would be hard to make a list. Maybe Steven and I can compose a list sometime, make a special episode of the top five best and the top five worst. How, how does that sound? We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll especially dedicate to you uh, two episodes for that. Mm-hmm. See, that that's a that's a topic that you really need to sit down and talk about. You can't just be like, oh, well, here's the list. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we'll, have to, we'll have to try our hardest to do that for you, Justin. For sure. But thank you, Justin, for your question. Yes, thank you. Um, let's see here. Domo Craig at DBW Podcast. How's it going, Damo? Hello. Uh, Damo has uh, a uh, particularly hot take. Oh. Um, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that uh, a lot of weeks, uh, Damo and I, even though we, we, we are good friends online, 
you know, we, we get along well. Uh, he, he puts in some particularly spicy takes. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes we disagree. Uh, this one here is not the case here because Damo says, Liverpool have been the best team on the planet for the better part of a decade. That's kind of true. <laughs> it actually is kind of true. Hmm. Um, for at least, I would say, four to six years, um, they've been very, very, very good. Uh, I would say probably closer to four to five years is probably the the cap that you're looking at here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Liverpool have been the best football team, mm. um, I say, at least for the last four to five years. I think you also have to probably... Uh, unfortunately, lump Manchester City in there. Uh, I would say there's definitely uh, Bayern Munich and Barcelona teams that have been very, very good. Real Madrid has been very dominant in Europe. Uh, but this isn't Radio Techers. If you, if you want more <laughs> football news, uh, definitely uh, give Radio Techers a listen. We're on uh, YouTube, Mags and I, uh, on the Shooting the Sports-ish network. Uh, so you can check us out there. Or you can also just subscribe to Radio Techers um, on all platforms like you can with Headlock Talk. So, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon. Mm-hmm. We're now on Amazon, so that's fun times. Um, so yeah, check out Radio Techers. Yes, Highly recommend it. Definitely. Uh, I, I uh, unfortunately don't know, I, I don't have enough knowledge of the game of football to agree or disagree with this. Just agree. It's fine. Uh, you I just mean, agree. I, I will say uh, <laughs> Liverpool plays very well. Yeah. Uh, everything I've seen from Liverpool, uh, <laughs> they play very, very well. So, I mean, I definitely don't disagree. Yes. So... Well, thank you, Stephen, mm-hmm. and and thank you, Damo, yes, thank uh, you. for for your hot take. Um, let me see here. Our good friend Conrad uh, at um, Everything Pro Wrestling at EPW Show on Twitter. How's it going, Conrad? Hope you're doing well. Hello. Uh, Conrad has a few things here for us today. Uh, w- number one, what are your thoughts on the rumors of a Molina return? Um, I, I've done a little bit of uh, digging around. Um, and uh, research here. Uh, it does seem as though Molina shot down the rumors of a potential return, even though they were furious, uh, you know, fast and furious, uh, I think, all leading up to the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just, just saw that article, like, right before recording. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be interesting. I think that she she would add um, uh, another, another face, another personality to the brand, mm-hmm. whether she was going to Raw or to SmackDown. Um, either way, they could always use more competition. Yeah, a little piece of nostalgia also for what it's worth, you per- know? Perhaps so. Perhaps so. I mean, we've seen that that's worked well with uh, Mickey James in the past. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would certainly be open to the idea if Melina is open to her returning. Yeah, yeah she. she uh, I think she said something along the lines of like, "I'm not currently signed," uh, but that doesn't mean it's it's not a possibility, is what she said. So, you know, mm. take that how you will. Uh, let's see here. Conrad also asks, "When will Moxley defend his IWGP US title?" Um, that's a good question. Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, uh, so he's supposed to defend it against Kenta at some point. Mm-hmm. We're not sure when, but he's supposed to. Um, unless I've missed something, which is certainly possible. Um, been very busy nowadays. Um, so busy now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, don't uh, know. I've just been so busy. Uh, <laughs> little headlock talk. Uh, Triple H impression there. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on it. Um, let me see. Um, hopefully soon. Uh, hope, yeah. Hope, you know, I mean, it's, um, it was nice that he took part in G1 last year. It's sad that he's not taking part in G1 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, 
he's uh so uh busy he's so now, busy nowadays yeah <laughs> but uh yeah um i mean I, I certainly would have loved to see him in g1 this year especially mm-hmm. with with the the crazy stacked blocks mm-hmm. i mean they were stacked last year too honestly but uh even this year I, I think it's even more so i've made no bones about it saying that i wish that moxley had maybe gone to new japan full-time over AEW. i think that i think that uh he's a better fit for yeah. new japan that's just me um Thoughts on AEW's parking lot fight? Where does this rank for you guys in Street Fights parking lot brawls? Uh, pretty high up there. Mm. Uh, really, really good. Very well executed. It's hard to do these kind of matches and then consider it a great match. Um, but this is about as well executed as you possibly can get. Uh, again, we didn't cover it as much because I, I think, again, we do feel as though the listeners should still go back and watch the match if they haven't done so already. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say it's up there as far as like parking lot brawls and, and that kind of thing goes particularly brutal kind of match. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, considering the talent involved, I'm not super surprised. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said earlier in the show, I didn't catch all of it, so I don't really want to pass judgment on, on a match that I haven't seen all of. I don't I don't think that's necessarily fair. Um, from what I did see, uh, the little bit in the beginning and just some clips online, it did look really, really good. Um, I'll let you know when I when I see the whole thing. So, All right. Sounds like a plan. Uh, but yeah, I, I personally liked it a lot, Conrad. Um, Better than uh, Stadium Stampede? It's kind of different. A little bit different. Um, I think Stadium Stampede is more entertainment value, whereas I think like as a straight-up fight, wrestling match, uh, brawl, street fight thing. They're kind of two different things. A little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Conrad, I hope that answers your questions. Thank you again for writing in, sir. Yes, thank you. Uh, Noob and Co. at Noob underscore N underscore Co. 1991 on Twitter. Uh, Noob says, burning question, uh, do you think Asuka will hold on to the Raw Women's title until WrestleMania 37, and who will she feud with? Mm. Uh, hmm. mm. uh, that's actually a really decent question. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't see anybody outside of Shayna Baszler who looks like she could you know, the, like, like a legitimate contender. Mm-hmm. Um, at least at this point, we're still a long ways away from WrestleMania 37, it seems. Um, but from somehow, some way, rapidly approaching every day. Well, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> WrestleMania is that, that thing where, you know, something could happen nine months from WrestleMania, but that affects the implications of that WrestleMania, you know, for that year. So I, I can certainly see, you know, people trying to, you know, kind of put the pieces together and, and, and everything like that. Um, I, I do agree with your point, though, about um, there's really no one other than Shayna. Um, yes. and, and she's with Nia right now um, with, with the title. So, I mean... Who knows? I, I I will say this. The the first part of your question, uh, do I see Asuka holding it until WrestleMania? Yeah, I, I could see that 100%. Uh, but who takes it off of her? That's a that's a much deeper question, I think. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you one here, and this this one's for free instead of it being in a if wishes were fishes situation. Okay. Um, it's interesting that Rhea Ripley has been kind of doing an all black kind of thing, black lipstick, all black gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe showing 
signs of a darker character for her. Uh, wouldn't it be something if maybe she won the Women's Royal Rumble and then went full blown heel turn and uh, and uh, joined Raw and faced Oscar? That would be quite something. Yeah, I, I mean that's uh, that's WrestleMania worthy for me. Oscar versus Rhea Ripley for the title, hundred percent. Like, sign me up. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, there you go. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think I see Oscar dropping the title anytime soon here, noob. Yep. Uh, but thank you for your question. Yes, thank you. Uh, Shinichi the Grim Dragon, dra- Dragoon rather, this week. What a great name. <laughs> uh, at Edogawa316, how are you doing? Um, WWE is uh, trying to get Money in the Bank briefcase away from Otis because they know it is worthless right now with Roman Reigns as champ. <laughs> this is Steven's face. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I could certainly see that for sure. I mean, they haven't known how to handle money in the bank for like the past two, three years, uh, maybe even longer at this point. So, I mean, who's to say what's the exact reason? But I could see that. It's certainly possible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I <sighs> just like. Do something, have an idea, and stick with it. Yeah, like that's just follow through. I think I think that's ninety percent of WWE's problems is they keep like they'll do something and it'll be wacky and they'll be like, oh yeah, that was a dumb idea, right? We gotta do something about this differently. Mm-hmm. And then they go and they change it, and then it's like a whole different thing. Um, yeah, I mean, just like if you were that devoted, to Otis, to put Money in the Bank briefcase on him. <clears throat> Like, run with it. Yeah. Do something about it. I don't care. Like, just just tell me a story. Yeah. <laughs> One that makes cohesive sense. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I completely agree. A lot of uh, a lot of WWE storylines are, are like, you get the, you, you don't get the, the falling, <laughs> uh, what, what do they call it? The falling action or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's the rising mm-hmm. action, the climax, and, the, and then the falling. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't ever get that falling or the ending or the follow through. You just get the climax and then everyone just kind of goes home. Mm. So Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Literary devices. <laughs> oh, good stuff there. <laughs> uh, well, sh- well, thank you, uh, Shinichi, uh, for your question. Yes, thank you. Um, let me see here. Or rather, that, I guess that would be a, a hot take. Indeed. Um, let me see here. Podfather Mags at DEJ Kirkby. How's it going, Mags? Hope you're doing well, my friend. Hey, buddy. Um, let me see here. Opinion. G1 is the best thing in the wrestling world. Um, Yeah. That's absolutely true. Yep. I absolutely agree. Yep. It's, uh, it's uh, the best thing, the thing that I look forward to most in the wrestling season all year long mm. it's always it's always rewarded me it is it's never turned its back on me and spat in my face and called me ugly mm. Mm. yeah <laughs> i wonder what that would look like g1 calling you ugly i don't know I but don't yes know. the g1 season is the best thing all in all of wrestling year round i love it yeah yeah i mean i i agree the the thing about g1 is like there there's certain things you know, out there like like double or nothing or, or all out that I that I seemingly get a little bit more excited for. But the thing about G one is that it's probably the most consistent single event in wrestling every year. Where in, in the sense that it's just good every single time. 
you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, it, I might i might get more hyped for certain things but g1 is like all reliable like it, it's always gonna be bonkers good all reliable yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mags also has a hot take saying cricket is more exciting than the nfl yes um i mean i can't i can't the nfl is okay look i'm sorry the nfl is one of the most boring things that airs on tv on a consistent basis hey let's let's do a play oh wait but we gotta now we gotta look at the replay for for the next three minutes oh here's another play oh we gotta look at the replay for the next three minutes and then and then before you know it an hour and a half long game takes four hours and your whole saturday's gone and uh and you just feel sad inside. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think Steven is probably very much going to side with you, just out of pure hatred and spite uh, for the NFL. Um, as somebody who's probably watched a whole lot more uh, NFL than I ever have cricket, I think I pro- would probably need to watch more cricket before I could come to a proper conclusion about that. Mm. Um, so I mean, I will say I don't watch cricket either. I bleed the fifth, but you know. Good old, good old U.S. Constitution. I just bleed in the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a sour, sour taste in my mouth with uh, with football because my my dad is mm. is super into football. Um, mm. The L.A. Rams are his team, and so you know, growing up, it was just football all the time. It's just like, oh my god, I understand. <sighs> I understand. Now I've I've seen I've seen great football games. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't hate football, but I I hate the current format of the NFL. Not yes. necessarily the game. I like the game, mm. but the the current format is uh, not my cup of tea. I understand. Uh, I just don't want people to feel like I'm attacking the thing that they like. Like you know <laughs> what I mean. Like I, I'm. I'm not trying to. That's what this show's all about, no, Stephen. We've not... never been afraid of hurting people's feelings. <laughs> I'm not trying to insult. People. Screw your sport. Okay. People. <laughs> All right. Tanner has spoken. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, let me see here. Uh, question from Mags. What's the best salad vegetable? The best salad vegetable? Yeah. Corn. Well, corn's not a vegetable, right? I mean, it's a starch, it's but a go, starch. go on. So I guess that's not it a... It's kind of... It's more... It's a crop. Yeah, I I always put corn in in like the vegetable category. I don't know. Hey, I mean, but uh, corn. <laughs> so you like corn? Okay. Yeah. Steven's answer is corn. Yeah, there's a there's a um, salad from H E B called the the Southwest Salad. It yeah, has, it has like corn and like tortilla strips and stuff, and it's really good. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's good salad. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly speaking, um, it's, it's probably got to be the tomato, right? I mean, the, the only, I mean, salads, um, like the like salad itself is not even really a vegetable, right? I mean, salad's kind of salad. Um, right. So really, I mean, the the debate to me comes down to: is it is it tomatoes, or is it cucumbers? And I like a, I like a good tomato in my salad. Yeah, I, I mean, me like, personally, like, I'm not... like like whole small grape tomatoes or yeah. like sweet tomatoes, like not not like not like like chopped tomatoes or I mean that has its place, I guess, but not like not sliced tomatoes. Right. It's kind of weird. See, I'm just not a big fan of tomatoes or cucumber or, or zucchini or, or or any of those personally. So I don't know. Fair enough, man. No worries. Well, Mags, I hope that answers your question here as to you know all sorts of stuff. Corn. <laughs> Steven says corn. I love corn dogs. Uh, <laughs> you love corn dogs. Corn. Dog. Oh. Like D O W G. Dog. Or D A W G, sorry. Indeed. 
I spelled um, Daug. Daug. First. That's not what I was going for. No. <laughs> um, thank you, Mags. And uh, uh, you can check us out on uh, uh, Radio Techers. Mm. Uh, so make sure, like I said, hit that uh, subscribe button wherever you listen to that on podcasts. And uh, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter at Radio Techers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and thank you, Mags, uh, for all of your questions and opinions and hot takes. Yes, thank you. Um, let me see here. Get Show Comedy Wrestling Podcast at Get Show Podcast on Twitter. How's it going, guys? Hope you're doing well. Hello. Uh, Get Show uh, Podcast asks, or rather uh, says, or asks, rather. Uh, the format of the question is interesting. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's all caps. When will Abushi win the North Inch? <laughs> in- <laughs> It's the in, it's not the New Japan Pro Wrestling title, mm. IWGP World Title. Mm. So when will Kota Ibushi win the IWGP Championship? Is the question. Um, yes. The next Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it'll be right after he wins the you know the G One. Yeah, and he'll face Tetsuya Naito in a one in a two man enter one man leaves match. <laughs> Because nobody's walking out of that match alive. It's true. Except for one man. And that'll probably be Kota Ibushi. It'll probably be Kota. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Naito's knees. Naito, Naito's knees may not make it that mm-hmm. far. Um, let me see here. Uh, so I hope that answers your question. And thank you, Get Cho, uh, for your question. Okay. Yes, thank you. Um, so let me see here. Uh, Dan Griffin, 21. On Twitter at Dan Griffin twenty one. How's it going, Dan? How you doing? Hey, Dan. Uh, Dan Griffin is asking, or rather says, for this hot take, uh, Kenny Omega, while supremely physically talent, uh, while supremely physically talented, evokes no feeling in me whatsoever to the positive or the negative. I find him impossible to wholly invest in. Huh? That's a hot take. That is a very, very spicy, spicy take. Um, I disagree. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I love Kenny Omega. He's one of my favorites. He's absolutely great in uh, almost every aspect, at least for me. I I feel like uh, the New Japan uh, Kenny Omega. I, I I did like him and felt more invested in him uh, than I do AEW Kenny Omega. Um, but that's just personally me. Mm-hmm. 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 I felt as though he he's had a lot. He had a lot of time in New Japan to get his character in, and uh, you know it seemed well booked, well balanced. Now he's kind of booking himself, right? And uh, sometimes you can do that, and sometimes it's not as successful. But we'll mm-hmm. see. Maybe maybe him wanting a more singles approach is a new trajectory here for Kenny. Yeah, uh, I mean we are ushering into a, a new era of Kenny Omega at, at AEW, so we'll we'll have to see where it goes. Hopefully he'll he'll be able to change your mind. Absolutely. Uh, but thank you. Oh, we appreciate your hot take here, Dan. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Joe's at Coach Joe's twenty five. How's it going, Joe's? Hello. Hope, hope you're doing well. Uh, he says Dolph Ziggler will be one of the best wrestlers in the world and is severely underrated and misused. Or Dolph Ziggler might be one of the best wrestlers mm. in the world. Uh, what do you think on Dolph Ziggler here, Stephen? Um, so here's the thing about Dolph Ziggler. It, me personally, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Uh, I, I don't know. I I just find him very like, like smarmy and kind of like. 
I mean, that's his character. Yeah, but but like almost not in a good way. J- just like annoying, almost. Um, <laughs> I will say though, uh, Dolph can can absolutely handle himself in the ring. That is one hundred percent true. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from him there. Uh, in the ring, Dolph is great. Out of the ring, not my cup of tea. But uh, I mean that that's certainly not like the hottest take I've ever heard in my life. You know, Dol- hmm. Dolph is good. Dolph is Dolph is good. Um. I will say that Dolph is very, very talented. He's definitely got potential to be one of the best wrestlers in the world at any given time. Um, I will say, and this could be directive as, as to how he's being told to be or how he wants to be. I'm not really quite sure. I don't think that's very clear. Um, but uh, if he wasn't the world's best Shawn Michaels impersonator and, and was instead just his own wrestler, then I think that we'd be seeing a very different Dolph Ziggler. And I think that that could possibly be uh, a better look for him. Mm-hmm. Um, is he underrated? Is he misused? Um, what's his, what is his deal? Um, his deal is that he's currently Shawn Michaels, right? And I don't think that that does him any favors. I think for the people that remember Shawn Michaels, I think that uh, I find that to be kind of offensive. Mm. But that's just me. Um, Joe's also goes on to say, also AEW slash WWE need to stop trying to rehash the same stories and spots over and over and over again. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, the format is a little bit. Blech. Yeah, yeah. Not every match needs to have a Canadian destroyer. Not every match needs to have a um, some kind of crazy dive spot. Not every match mm-hmm. needs to come back from commercial break and it be in a headlock. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I think where uh, where WWE's format uh, doesn't do them any favors is that uh, a lot of a lot of their matches are uh, they they end in, in some kind of shenanigans. There, there's uh, mm-hmm. very few like just clean victories in mm-hmm. WWE, uh, and then I think the 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 problem that AEW has that you had mentioned is yeah every big match has a Canadian destroyer in it. Every big match has a Tope Suicida. It you know and those kind of moves start to start to lose their flair. Uh, after you've seen it like 70 million times in every match at every pay-per-view. Uh, I think that there's certain moves that AEW just spams, just just spams all the time. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's a really impressive move. But like, it was impressive the first time and, and like the hundredth time, mm-hmm. not like the 9,000th time. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'll say this, and I, and I think I've mentioned it before, but I'll, I'll, it bears repeating. Um, when when Petey Williams popularized the Canadian Destroyer in TNA, that was a finisher. Nobody got up from that. That was a, that's it, it's done, it's over with. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll see you later. Right. That was that, was that move. Um, it is very impressive. Uh, it is now... A bit overdone. It's a pop generator. It's a pop generator. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, has a spot. Is it impressive if you've never seen it before? Yes, absolutely. Um, but uh, I mean, I mean, I'll even say it's impressive now. Even, even like it is an impressive move. It's just very overdone. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. No, you, I mean you. You definitely added to that point. Mm. Um. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Joe's coach at Coach Joe's twenty five on Twitter. Thank you, Joe. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, Craig from Pro Wrestling Musings at Craig T, uh, at 
Craig PW Musings on Twitter. Sorry, Craig. I had a limp across the line here. This, this, this Red Bull's not done me any favors here. Um, it's because it's sugar free. Yeah, exactly. Should have gotten the, the, the real deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Craig says uh, the Dark Order is already better than the Wyatt family. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, as a story developed faction, it seems that way. Mm-hmm. Um,. Yeah, I mean, they've even got, like, their minions. I think that's what really makes the Wyatt family is the minions. Um, They actually got followers, whereas, like, Bray Wyatt always talked about his flock. Right. And and, and the flock of the the Wyatt family and the fireflies. Mm -hmm. And the bugs and the rare. Yeah. They're here. (laughs) Dang, that was really good, actually. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that was really good. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, no, I, I pretty much agree with you. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we've spoken about it on this show, and, and we've, uh, you know, everyone's talked about it for forever, that obviously the Dark Order started off very rocky, mm. like extremely rocky, and, and no one really knew what the hell was going on with them. I, I think they really found their stride with uh, with Brody Lee, obviously. Um, you know, some people like him, some people don't, whatever. But uh, I think that's when Dark Order, like, really, really found themselves and, and really started to make a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I hope that that answers your question, Craig. I think that Stephen and I are on the, the same page. I think so. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see here. Uh, Nathan Hound um, at uh, uh, Done for Titanfall on Twitter. Mm. Uh, Nathan says, How do you think WWE will change Raw if AEW beats it in viewership? Uh, so how will WWE change Raw if AEW, if AEW beats it in viewership? Like, as in, like, I mean, it's, 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 uh, um, this is a hard question to answer because truthfully you have to consider the difference in days. Um, obviously it's true. Monday is a traditional night for watching television. Um, I think what hurts Raw, predominantly speaking, is the fact that the NFL has Monday Night Football, right? Um, WWE always should be expected to take a big hit uh, whenever football season comes back around. Um, can AEW beat WWE in viewership compared to Raw? It's possible, but I think that AEW is still a little ways away from being able to accomplish that. What do they do to what? What would WWE do if AEW did start to beat in terms of viewership? Uh, how how would that impact Raw? I don't know if it would impact Raw very much. Uh, to to be cynical with you, because I don't think that Vince. What's the polite way of saying this? Uh, Vince, the, the poor man, he he gets a lot of grief from us and from a lot of people all the time about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I disagree with a lot of what, what people say. Um, what I will say is that... Um, what would be the right way of saying this? Um, he... I don't know if he's equipped at his age to do this again. Like he seems like it, like he, like he's partially invested in it because of like NXT and like wanting to do that. Um, but at the same time, like it's like, like, like I just don't know if he has it in him. I don't know how he would react like, like at, at his age. Right. Um, 
it would certainly be terrible for WWE as a company to start losing to AEW as a startup because they are a um, a <laughs> a publicly traded company. Yeah, uh, that's certainly true. I don't know, Stephen. I'm 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 kind of at a loss for words considering this um, possibility. Really, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, what what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, you you bring up a lot of good points. I, I do agree with you that uh, it, it would be kind of hard for for dynamite to to start overcoming raw uh at least on like a consistent basis of course there, there's always that possibility of just having like a freaking crazy card and, and then everyone flocks to it and then you, you have that that one outlier that does beat raw but uh, it'd be hard to do that consistently over time um but just for the sake of argument let's say that whatever AEW does do it they they do they they defy the impossible or whatever and they and they end up taking over raw it, it's really hard to say what what they would do. I, I'd like to sit here and say that oh, you know, they, they'd start pushing a lot of younger talent, maybe taking some more risks with with uh, with you know character work and, and promos and things like that. But honestly, I, I think Vince is as equally predictable as he is unpredictable, and, and so it, it's just kind of hard to say how he would react or if honestly if he would even react at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I I will say that you raise a very, very good point in terms of uh, them taking risks because that's in their playbook. That's what they did to beat Nitro right. all those years ago. Um, does he go back to it? I mean, possibly. But, I mean, again, you have to ask yourself, I mean, does he have the mental capacity to... Um, Okay, so I've made this comparison before um, in in other shows, um, but I'm I'm going to try and do it again. Um, Vince McMahon has a man in his mid seventies um, is going to have a very very hard time relating to guys in their forties, in their thirties, and in their twenties because he did not grow up in this kind of era of social media and this hypercritical, I guess, world that we live in. Uh, where I know that we're very critical, but I think that there's some people that are certainly more critical than us at times. Yeah. Um, there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> uh, we, we might be the biggest fish, Stephen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're not. Uh, but, like... I feel like he's going to have a hard time relating not only to the people that he works with, uh, but but particularly to the people that um, that that are his that that are the audience that he needs uh, to make uh, you know to, to to I guess have a reaction against an, an a more AEW driven uh, audience or generation of people. Um, I think that it's even at the point where maybe even Triple H might have a harder time connecting because even with with him being a performer, he wasn't around for the major explosion in social media. Um, I mean, he like the latter end of his career was yes, but I mean he's gone for long stretches of time. I'm not sure if he knows what the impacts and how people cope uh, on a day to day with knowing how that goes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to predict how Vince or even Triple H would mount a, a fight like that if AEW was to overtake uh, WWE, particularly, namely Raw, um, in terms of viewership. 
I'm sorry. I know that we spent an extended amount of time talking about this, but it is an interesting concept here. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an absolutely great question, and uh, I, I mean, like like I said, it, it's uh, it's just really hard to predict events. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, but mm-hmm. but it's a very thought provoking question. Absolutely. Uh, we'll round out these hot takes here with our good friend. <laughs> just a small. Tss, tss. Um, with our friend Mike Charlip at MikeJC821 on Twitter. How's it going, Mike? Hello again, sir. <laughs> uh, let's start here with uh, Mike saying, Sasha versus Bailey needs to be held off until Mania. Uh, out of everything going on, that is the best long-term booking thing that they could do. Draft one to the other show, have Sasha win the Rumble, and beat Bailey at Mania in the main event. It's the only thing that makes sense. Hmm... I mean, you're certainly not wrong in saying that, uh, you know, the Bailey-Sasha thing is kind of the, the biggest thing that's been happening recently. That's certainly true, uh, 100%. But I, I don't know. Can they can they stretch it out that far? Like, I almost feel like they're, they're it's already too far gone to where, where if they if they stretch it out long enough, or, or even longer now, people will be like, oh, WWE again, not giving me my ending, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I do get that for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so I, I am in complete agreement with you all the way up to a very specific point, Mike. And I, so I give you a lot of credit here, a hundred percent. I think you're right on a lot of this here. Um, should you draft one to the other show? Yes. Should you, uh, should Sasha Banks perhaps even win the women's Royal rumble? Yes. I can, I can certainly see that happening because she needs that win. Um, should she go on to beat Bailey at WrestleMania? Yes. Should it be in the main event? No. Mm. And I was I, wondering where the difference was. And I will tell you why. Okay. And, and this has been my prediction since WrestleMania of last year. Okay. Or this year, whatever. 36. What they're going to do is Randy Orton's going to beat Drew McIntyre for that title. Whether it be at the Ambulance Mats. Ambulance Mats? Ambulance. Sorry, my lisp came out. Uh, ambulance match. Or is going to be somewhere later on down the road. Randy Orton will be WWE champion heading into WrestleMania. And he will face Edge because Edge is going to come back in time from his tricep injury just in time to win the Royal Rumble this year and to face Edge for the title. And Edge is going to have that feel good, you know, winning in front of hopefully, maybe, possibly kind of live crowd mm-hmm. and uh and he'll have the title then um so that's my prediction yeah i like it i like it um i think that would be the main event because that's going to be that's what they're going to see as the long-term story um now should bailey and sasha be the 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 main event for wrestlemania maybe possibly it's certainly been the best told story that they've had all summer, mm-hmm. but I feel like how how long can you stretch that out for? I mean, yes, you can t- put make it you know take a break, take a little breaky break, um, but you're gonna have to find a way to get that story going back up and running after R- Royal Rumble, um, just kind of like how how Edge and Orton are. But I feel like I feel like that's kind of, I mean, that's a more explosive story, whereas it's- this one's very much already began, right, right, or or just begun r- rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, I mean. Hmm. With names like Edge and Randy Orton, like you can, you can pop a storyline out of thin air and it's yeah. fine. You know, yeah. people will come. I mean, that I think that is going to Randy Orton versus Edge. And this is very pity of me. Randy Orton versus Edge has more name value and is going to sell more tickets than Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Yeah, and that's a sad reality. I wish that wasn't the case. Uh, should they win 
or should they be in the main event? I would say so. I think that they deserve it. But I think from WWE's perspective, they're looking at name value and drawing power, and I think that they're seeing Randy Orton versus Edge as the main event. Yeah. Um, moving right along, WWE needs to move NXT to Tuesday full-time so fans stop pretending they care about ratings because <laughs> we all know that they don't. Uh, yes, Mike. Um WWE should move NXT to Tuesdays, not just because it should shut fans up, which I do agree that it should do, yeah. Um, but also because it just makes scheduling a lot easier for folks, right? right. Like, I, I know we want to have this war and all this stuff. It's really not done WWE any favors, right? In fact, it, if anything, it, makes, it just diminishes what NXT looks like compared to AEW because AEW has no problem... Um, I was going to use a really tacky term there. Uh, WWE, uh, AEW has no problem just throwing out all the best matches that they possibly can on a on a weekly basis mm-hmm. um, uh, to combat uh, NXT um, or just to, to spike a good rating. Um, that's AEW's mindset, um, and I don't think WWE are approaching that same thing with NXT. I think NXT would actually probably over time improve in terms of viewership if they were just put it on a different day mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree uh I, I don't think this war is is necessarily helping nxt or aew really um and you know look i'm gonna ask this question also why do we need a war we don't need one you know we we can all just enjoy no. the things that we like uh you right. know you know separately and and you know, if you like aew great if you like nxt great if you don't like the other one that's fine too you know it it I don't. I don't understand why it 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 has to be like. Oh, are, are you an AEW fan or are you an NXT fan? It's like, well, I'm both. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. I'm both. So, so yeah, I, I 100% agree. Good stuff, man. Uh, Mike concludes his hot takes here with, uh, "I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Thunder Rosa every single week. Uh, she is one of the best workers in the world. Uh, to be wrestling less than 10 years, and I love watching her work." And also, happy G1. Let's go Ibushi or Sonata. Yes. Oh, Sonata! <laughs> See, he agrees with me. It's beautiful. Uh, Mike, 100%. Thunder Rosa is great. Uh, she She's a fantastic addition to, to the women's division. Obviously, I know she's not uh, you know signed to AEW. She's still the NWA uh, women's champion. But seeing her on Dynamite, uh, you know, seeing her on, uh, on uh, All Out, she's great. I I'm wasn't familiar with her a- until she started doing AEW stuff, but yes, she is great. Mm. Yeah, Thunder Rose is fantastic. I've watched her stuff for quite some time, and she's very, 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 very good. And I think again, she solves a problem that AEW has in their women's division is that uh, she's got a she she's recognizable, she's distinguishable, right. she's very good in the ring. Uh, she, and, and I think that, uh, uh, her and Hikaru Shida are obviously head and shoulders above the rest of the women's division in AEW. And I think that their, uh, their match that they had is actually quite underrated and it's sad that it had to go on after what happened to Matt Hardy. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would definitely like them to run it back for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that, uh, AEW got a heck of a deal in getting almost like a loan <laughs> on, uh, Thunder Rosa yeah. uh, from uh, NWA. Yeah, I, I completely agree. 
yeah, so I think that just about does it here. And so thank you, Mike, for your, your hot takes. Yes, and thank, thank you as always, and th- sir. And thank you all for your hot takes on popular opinions and burning questions. We do certainly appreciate it. Yes, always. Uh, I guess that just leaves us with one last thing here, and that's to take a deep dive down into, of course, If Wishes Were Fishes. <laughs> Yes, indeed. If Wishes Were Fishes is where Stephen and I uh, put on our scuba gear, and we each take turns making a wrestling-related wish, and the other grades that wish, in terms of fish. Yes, indeed. Indeed, Stephen. Um, I know I've got a wish this week. Do you have a wish? I do. Fantastic. Who who would you like to go first? Uh, I think you went first last week, so I'll go this. I'll go first this time. Okay, sounds great. So we uh, we talked about uh, dynamite, obviously the, this episode, and we talked about the the promo that MGF uh, put out there, saying you know maybe maybe it's time for this this lone wolf to find a wolf pack, uh, so to speak, right? And uh, we talked about how weird that was, and, and how you know MJF he he he's almost the embodiment of a lone wolf. You know, and so it's kind of it's kind of weird to think of him in in, in a faction, right? Um, the one way that I can see MJF uh, being a being a member of a faction is as a leader, and that and that's that's very important here. Uh, elsewhere in AEW, you also have another man who's a uh, feeling like an outcast, feeling like a loner. Uh, maybe needs some friends right now. You know, a lot of people are kind of turning their back on him and things like that. Uh, that man is Hangman Adam Page. So, uh, a lot of people have been talking Hangman Adam Page, you know, he, um, is he going to join Dark Order or, or what's going to happen here, right? FTR. FTR, possibly. FTR doesn't seem to have any interest in that whatsoever, though. So, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case. But, uh, if Wishes Were Fishes, uh, Adam Page actually aligns himself with MJF and basically has this dichotomy of MJF trying to be like, okay, you guys want factions, fine, I'll give you a faction, right? But it's not really a faction, and it's just Hangman kind of being in a vulnerable state that's latching on to someone who is giving him attention, someone who's giving him, you know, a, a place to belong. Obviously, it's that's not at all the place for Hangman, but, I mean, the uh, Young Bucks turned their back on him, FTR turned their back on him, Kenny Omega turned, turned his back on him, so he doesn't have any friends right now. And yeah, MJF's not a great friend, but at least he's there for him. So if wishes were fishes, mm. uh, Hangman Adam Page aligns with MJF. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I could definitely see that being kind of like a, something that backfires in MJF's face, right? Um, exactly. You know, I, I, I can see that being interesting. I'm kind of, this is like further into the wish, but uh, I'm almost <laughs> uh, feeling like this could be uh, the start of... Um, uh, of like you said, Hangman and Hangman and even Wardlow kind of uh, getting getting the thought of like, man, MJF's like kind of a scumbag. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Yeah, no, I I definitely could see that being uh, being the case here. Uh, it's it is a very interesting, uh, very creative wish for sure. Thank you. Um, I do like that wish, and uh, yeah, um, it, it does it does seem more. Um, 
more intriguing of of MJF starting his own faction rather than joining a faction, being mm-hmm. a leader. Um, I I would even I could even see MJF co-opting maybe FTR and Hangman as they already have maybe some kind of prior relationship or similar mentality mm-hmm. and trying to co-opt them and making maybe making this new four horsemen kind of thing and maybe trying to play off of that until everybody kind of turns their back on MJF. Perhaps I don't know, right. or maybe they all stay together. Who knows? Yeah. certainly possible um, but yeah I do like that wish I do like the idea of MJF creating his own thing and I do like that it gives something else for Adam Page to do mm-hmm. and, and possibly again maybe even leading up to a high profile uh, feud between the two absolutely um, so I do like that wish I think it's like I said a very very creative wish and because Hangman is the Hangman and he does have uh, quite a few uh, horses of his own. Uh, as far as giving you a creative wish, I'm going or a creative fish for your creative wish. Mm. Uh, I'm going to give you actually ten seahorse. Mm. Mm. That's a perfect fish. That's that's <laughs> like honestly, I can't think of a more perfect fish for that. Mm. So thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. I thank you for that. the thank you for the wish. Absolutely. Uh, mine is not nearly as creative, dude. I, I I put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> like I basically. I basically came up with that wish after watching Dynamite. I was like, okay, uh, so, that looks great. Uh, so I'm going to try my best. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you, you know, and and I'm uh, uh, basically um, my my wish here is that uh, with Kyle O'Reilly actually entered in as, as this uh, singles gauntlet here. I like it already. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, he's uh, that that he becomes the breakout star. And uh, and that he will be competing against Finn Balor and entering a feud uh, for the NXT Championship. Yes, yes, that that is my wish. Absolutely, no, I, I'm 100 percent on board with that. I mean, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly are two of the absolute best performers that WWE has across all brands. Whether you're you're talking about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, whatever you want to talk about, those two guys are so freaking good and, and we've always talked about how uh you know obviously adam cole's great but kyle o'reilly is is really like the 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 bread and butter of undisputed era you know um so yeah I, i'm 100 for that uh it's a very very good wish i'm gonna give you seven goldfish mm. yes mm, indeed goldfish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very good stuff steven uh well thank you for your fish yeah thank you for your wish well thank you <laughs> um well, guys, I think that that properly concludes this episode of Headlock Talk. Um, and, and before we go, I'll just kind of address something here that, that Steve and I have kind of been talking about here, Headlock Talk headquarters, and, and just trying to figure out things. Because uh, I know, obviously, with with uh, things that happened with you a few weeks back, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit of a health scare, it kind of, I guess, forced both of us to kind of like take a look in, into perspective as, as to, you know, what we're doing here on this channel. Um, obviously, I've got radio techers going on with mags, uh, as well as like all the stuff with uh, shooting sports ish. Um, so um, I think what we've come to the conclusion is, is that uh, as far as the other two shows that we've been doing rogue and ranger game cast and variety show, uh, we're going to try and do things a little bit differently here. We're mm-hmm. going to, we're de- definitely going to keep um, doing what we do here at headlock talk. We're going to keep it wrestling. Right. Oh yeah. Um, so um, we'll probably just, you know, draw things back down to just being called headlock talk. Mm-hmm. Rather than headlock talk radio, um, I think that that's probably for the best. And then um, concerning the variety show, uh, I feel like Steve and I had already accomplished so much in short, such a short amount of time with that. It's a little bit of a fun thing that he and I got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, but to be completely honest with you, uh, doing three shows in one day, uh, one sitting, one sitting <laughs> as a recording uh, is awfully grueling. Yeah, especially considering the amount of content that we put into it um, mm-hmm. and the, lo- the amount of work, and um, it, it's just very straining to do such a thing. So, uh, with a heavy heart, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna uh, wish the variety show. Uh, you know, all of the best on uh, its happy trails. Yes. <laughs> um, we may reprise it as a non-wrestling episode from time to time. I think that's that's only healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we, we may just you know, chill out and do something like that uh, every once in a while. But mm-hmm. uh, variety show, I think that we're probably going to end up ceasing that, at least for the short term. Um, and I think that um, as far as the Rogue and Ranger. Uh, Gamecast is concerned. Uh, we're going to still keep that around. We're playing around with a format to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that we're trying to find ways to incorporate other people into the show. If you think that you might be interested in doing that, uh, please hit us up uh, on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Uh, shoot us a DM. We would certainly uh, be more than happy to talk about it mm-hmm. uh, for sure. We're definitely open to, to to conversing with you guys about gaming and seeing what we can do to, to I guess, uh, better ourselves and and you know get others involved. Um, most likely, what we will end up doing, um, I think, from what Stephen and I agree, is that we might even just create a whole separate podcast for the Rogue and Ranger Gamecast. Um, I'll still be involved. Uh, Steven will obviously be involved because yeah, that's that's Steven's baby. A little bit, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I, I think that's that's the direction that we're probably going to end up going with here, Steven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely agree. Uh, unfortunately, the like you said, the, the variety show uh, seems to be, at least for the time being, uh, kind of going by the wayside for now. Uh, it, it just got to be... Uh, Really, honestly, uh, like, like Tanner said, I'm just going to speak very truthfully to you. It just got very grueling and very tiring and very straining. Uh, you know, we're we're planning these shows like it, it's not just that day. We're we're planning the shows all week, and then and then we sit down for six, sometimes seven hours to to record all these shows. It just got to be a lot, honestly. Um, that being said, I do absolutely both of us appreciate all the support that we got on, on the variety show and on, and on rogue and ranger Gamecast as well so definitely absolutely appreciate the support on there um regarding rogue and ranger Gamecast, uh like tanner had said that's my baby that, that's my baby it is yeah i can promise you it is not going anywhere um it just like i said got to be a little much recording both of them at the same time or all three shows at the same time so we need to take a step back kind of see what we're doing with the formatting of that but i rest assured it it absolutely will be back yes and i think bigger and better too because if we're doing it as its own separate show uh it definitely gives steve and i maybe a little bit more of a uh, a midday break that we can take uh, on a on a Saturday when we record these, um, or or even if we have to do it later on in the week, we can, we will. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and it, like I said, I think it definitely gives Stephen more flexibility as well as myself to where you know if uh, one or the other of us um, might have to cycle out and do something else or just take a break because again, you know, podcast and content creation in general uh, can be awfully stressful and mm-hmm. grueling sometimes. Um, I, I think that, that that could help too. But I, I again, like Stephen said, uh, he's not going anywhere. 
Um, I'm not going anywhere. I, I'm still very much involved in that project. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I think that's going to be a good breath of fresh air, uh, especially for Steven as, as he wants to make sure to grow Rogue and Ranger as a podcast, as a show, as a brand, mm-hmm. as big as it can be. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, I think that that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Have lots of, lots of crazy news to talk about on our next episode. Ooh, ooh, yeah. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, uh, so we'll, I guess what we'll do is we'll reprise Rogue and Ranger next week mm. and uh, see where we can go from there. Exactly. Mm. Spicy. Spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, in other, uh, I guess, dimensions here, uh, as far as uh, where you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Uh, definitely make sure to uh, hit that follow button, and then uh, you can find the links to our shows. You can just uh, go to that link tree. You can sub- subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean. Uh, well, actually, no, it's not going to be Podbean any longer. We'll be we'll now be on Captivate. Mm. Uh, so they are our new hosts. Very exciting. Exciting, yeah. Um, so uh, you can find all of the stuff for Headlock Talk there. Um, and uh, yeah. And of, cor- of course, everywhere else. Everywhere else. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'm working on like, trying to get us uh, onto the new Amazon uh, extension now. So that's going to be really fun. Um, so we'll, we'll do some expanding. Pretty much wherever you can listen to podcasts, you can find Headlock Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, d- go ahead and do the thing there. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating and review. We greatly appreciate it. We would definitely want to be numero uno mm-hmm. on those podcast charts. Um, as far as everything else goes, Stephen, we do have some sponsors. A word from our sponsors here. We do have, have, uh, of course, a promo code, promo code HLT10, which can be used at checkout uh, for naturallyhemps.com. So you can use that for all of their CBD products, including uh, not only sublinguals, but also for uh, CBD gummies, CBD lotion, uh, CBD uh, hand balm, Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much anything that you can think of CBD-wise, for the most part. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah. that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you can use, uh, again, go to checkout. And it's not like one of those one off kind of promo codes where if, like, you first sign up for the website, they're like, hey, you get 10% off. You can use that one if you want to. But uh, what I would suggest is actually use promo code HLT10 instead uh, for every purchase because it's, it's not a one off use. You can use it over and over and over and over and over again, and it does not expire. Yes, indeed. Uh, you can also go also 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 nailed it got it <laughs> you can also go to naturallypuresanitizer.com which is its sister website and uh, you can use promo code HLT10 there as well uh, this is all about hand sanitizer ladies and gentlemen uh, so if you were to go to naturallypuresanitizer.com you can purchase uh, hand sanitizer in all sizes mm-hmm. um, whether you want just a little bottle for uh, the purse uh, your car your pocket for the gym uh, or if you just want to buy a gallon sized bottle uh, they've got all sorts of size ranges um, for, for hand sanitizer we've got to keep our hands clean nowadays folks it's true They're very very important so uh, make sure to use promo code HLT10 at checkout at naturallypuresanitizer.com as well to receive 10% off on your purchase yes indeedy uh, we have one more 
sponsorship as well. Uh, this one is for AmericanVaporCompany.com. If you are a vapor and in need of e-liquid, uh, they have you covered pretty much. Uh, if you're looking for, I mean, fruit flavors, dessert flavors, candy, tobacco, uh, menthol, any anything that you could be uh, needing, they will have you covered. So if you go to AmericanVaporCompany.com, use promo code HLT10 at checkout, it gets you 10% off of the entire order. And again, HLT10 does not expire at any of these websites. So use them to your heart's content on all of your purchases. Well, there you go, Stephen. Uh, yes, uh, make sure to use promo code HLT10 uh, on all three of those websites. It definitely goes a long way to helping support Headlock Talk, uh, but also it gives you a nice little discount. It's true. So you win, we win. It's all good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Stephen, I think that just about covers it. Is there anything else that we need to talk about? I think that's it, man. I think that's it. Alrighty. Well, I've certainly had a lo- had a good time. I know you've had a good time. We've we've spent most of the day uh, watching shows and watching games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that we are uh, pooped. Pooped uh. is a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, if, if we seemed a little bit off our game today, or particularly me off of my game, <laughs> I do apologize. No, you were uh, great. Yeah. Very uh, very long day. Very long week. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you uh, for uh, choosing Headlock Talk for your listening pleasure uh, these last two hours, and uh, we wish you a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye. Later. Bye. become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York.